If you have a Bible, open to Luke 11. I'm glad you guys are here tonight. My name is Michael, and uh, I'm so glad that Live is back. And so we, uh, you know, it was each week that we said, hey, no Live. That was a very hard decision. Um, but we really do feel that was the right decision as so many of you and so many of us were out and serving all over the city. Uh, and um, um, you guys, some of you kind of rebuilding your homes and um, trying to get used to your new school that you had to be put in because you lost your home. There's just a lot that was going on. And uh, man, I, I'm just glad that we're all back. And I feel like God has put a lot on my heart these last few weeks, and I'm excited to share with you uh, tonight, and so I would love it if you would just give your full attention to what God wants to say to you tonight, and I pray that your heart is open to what he wants to tell you. If you just came tonight to kind of blow off an hour of your life, then you came to the wrong place. I'd rather you stay home next week instead of coming here and just because you want to hang out with whoever. I want you to come here because you want to hang out with God. Because he has something for you. And so I, I pray right now that your heart is prepared for what he wants to tell you. And so if you have a Bible, open up to Luke 11. We're going to start in verse 37. It says this, When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. Now a Pharisee uh, is somebody who was very religious. They understood all of the law from the Old Testament they pretty much memorized it. They did everything by the book. This, these people were uh, know-it-alls, if you will, about anything spiritual. And so this Pharisee, they're not very, uh, they weren't very nice to Jesus, okay? They were always looking to get him. They were always trying to find Jesus do something that wasn't of the law. You know, that, that Jesus is always just walking around doing stuff, and he, Jesus was just making people, making these Pharisees very upset. And so this Pharisee invites Jesus to his house to have a meal. Now, this wasn't because the Pharisee was just, hey, you know what? Come on over, Messiah. Come on over, Jesus, and hang out at my house. No, this Pharisee does this to try to get Jesus. And so let's see what happens. The Pharisee invited him to eat with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. So he just goes in, picture this, you invite Jesus to your house, which is a lot, okay, that's stressful, okay, like I, I'm stressed out even thinking about that, like well he's always there because he's the Lord, you're right, he is the Lord and he is there, but just bear with me for a second, like Jesus is like, you know, he's here! The king is here. You know, you're cleaning up and last minute stuff and all these things. And he walk. just picture this. He walks in, okay, wearing, we're all picture him. I don't know what you picture him in. I picture him in a black shirt. And just kidding. I picture him in a robe and sandals. I don't know why, but that's what the culture has told me to picture him as. And so that's what I have him pictured as. And I have felt that way since I was 12. So the robed man walks in, okay, and you're like, you could have. Or something else, but that's cool. You're Jesus. You wear whatever you want. Welcome. Welcome in. Keep your shoes on. It's cool. What in the world was that? <laughs> Can someone go outside and see if there's a UFO on top of the... Did anybody else hear that? Kale, did you hear that? All right. Make sure I'm not alone right here, okay? This was not planned, okay? 
we can get to the invitation right now and start getting leading people to Christ. Y'all better get ready. It's the end of the world. All right. Jesus comes in to your house and he not just, look what it says, <laughs> not just sits at the table. It says that he reclines at the table, okay? He, he's just reclining, okay? I don't know, that hurts, but he's just chilling at the table. He didn't say hi. He just walked into the table and reclined. What's up? That's how I do. Get me my holy water. Okay? Now look what happens. Verse 38. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash his hands. That's a big deal. It's a real big deal in the head home. That's my last name. You're like, who's the head home? That's my home. Okay? Yes, my last name's head. Quit making fun of me in your mind. Okay? Before, <laughs> my kids, my wife has taught them before, before the meal to wash their hands, right? That's good. Notice I said my wife taught them, okay? All right. She taught them to wash their hands before the meal, and she has taught them to count to 20. Like while they're washing their hands, like one, two, three, and you hear Ayler, Ayler, he's three. You go one, 17, four, I'm done. And he comes out and like waters everywhere. And, and so washing, my, my, like, like we're kind of, we want things to be clean in our home. And so we try to keep our hands clean and we try to, you know, just like everybody does, you know, when you're going to a, you know, you're in a public restroom. And I'm just going to tell you, I judge every single dude who does this. I'm just being real. Okay. Let me get this off my chest. This is free. They're not my notes. I got to get this off my chest. But when dudes go to the bathroom and they just go straight to the door and they don't go to the sink area and wash their hands, you're gross. And then I watch them go to their seat and eat chips. Okay? That's gross. Okay? That's disgusting. Here's why. Because other people are eating. Okay, you with me? Everybody understand? And you're like, that's so funny. Because the problem is that's a lot of you, sickos. Okay? Wash your hands before you eat. Let's pray. No, just kidding. (laughs) What did you learn tonight, son? Uh, I need to wash my hands. That's right. You do. But notice the Pharisee is upset because Jesus, the Lamb of God, <laughs> he didn't wash his hands. He's just reclining. Bring the chips. Y'all are laughing, but y'all the ones laughing are the ones that don't wash your hands before you eat, you sickos. Okay? That's real. You need, I need to move on. I need to move on. It's really gross. Anyways. Here's the problem, though. The Pharisee is not concerned with the germs. This Pharisee is not concerned with, well, Jesus has been, um, you know, (laughs) healing people and putting mud on people's eyes and bringing people from the dead. He's not worried about the germs that are on Jesus' hands. The Pharisee is concerned because of their tradition that they have made that you better wash your hands before you eat or you are ceremonially unclean. And you better wash your hands. Here's how they wash their hands, okay? From here, they, no joke. Somebody else would pour the water on their arm and they would wash this section and then they would wash this section and then they would wash this section and then this section and then their hands and then their hands and then they'd dry off and go on and eat. Now, they wouldn't wash their hands and then up here 
because they felt like when they did their hands and then up the arm, the water would drip down to their hands and they would be dirty again, which is true. I get it. I understand that. But nowhere in the Bible does it say if you don't wash your hands, you can't eat dinner. Don't tell your parents that. But that's what Jesus is doing right here. Like, I just thought about that. You need to wash your hands. Jesus didn't. <laughs> don't do that. But that's funny. Do it once. And be like, ha just kidding. I'm going to wash them. And count, and count to 20. So, so picture this. Jesus comes into your home. He sits down, doesn't wash his hands. And over here in the corner is the basin, okay, where they wash hands. And there's other Pharisees over there washing their hands. And Jesus is chilling, watching those dummies wash their hands. And they're all clean. And Jesus is like, bring the chips. And the Pharisees like, are, are, you, are you really going to do that right here in my house? Jesus then uses this as a teaching time. Verse 39. Notice there's no conversation between verse 38 and verse 39. It says in verse 38, but the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. And by the way, this is horrible. They would wash their hands before every course. So like you get your salad, okay? They wash their hands before the salad. Then they wash their hands before the bread. Then they wash their hands before the burger. Then they wash their hands before the dessert. Uh-uh. Are you kidding me? But that's what they did. So they were all eating. They'd stand up and go wash, sit down, go wash, sit down, go wash, sit down. It depends on how many courses you had. And that would continue. And Jesus, look what happens from verse 38 to verse 39. There's no conversation. Jesus, because he's God, knows everything. Look what he says, verse 39. Then the Lord, the, the Lord <laughs> said to him, now then, you Pharisees, kind of like you morons. Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Here's what he's saying, and this is real. Like, I just had someone on my team go and get this out of my office, okay? This is a coffee cup that is really clean on the outside. No joke, it's clean, I promise you. But on the inside, it is disgusting. Like, for real. This has been on my shelf for like, you don't know, three months. What's wrong with a little coffee mold? And so what Jesus is saying, he's like, okay, so, so you're only worried about washing the outside of you Pharisees, your hands, your arms, but you're not concerned with washing the inside, which as you know, the inside is really all that matters. Who cares if the outside is, I mean, I care. I really do care because that's like where my lip goes but I'm not gonna put anything, I really thought about like putting water in here and coming up and drinking it, but I didn't want it because it's disgusting. And I can't afford to get sick right now. But like when you do the dishes, if you do the dishes, you should start tonight. When you wash a cup, you usually start from the inside. Or maybe you don't, but hopefully you're washing the inside, you sickos. If not, you're lazy and you're a Pharisee, all right? 
But when you're doing dishes and you're doing things, you're, you're, hopefully you're washing the entire thing. And the same thing is true with us. We are so, at times, concerned with what the outside looks like. And that's what Jesus is saying to the Pharisee. And for the past few weeks, we have had the opportunity to help people in their homes. And on the outside, you're about to see a video here in a second. The outside of the home, you're not gonna see it on the video, but this is one of the nicest homes I have ever seen on the outside. This is a very nice neighborhood. And the house on the outside looks amazing. And here's what you're about to see on the inside. On the inside, I walked in, I'm wearing a, a legit mask. You're gonna see two foot of water and the water is just standing there. It's been standing there for three weeks since the hurricane. It's called a dropped living room, which means this. You walk in the front door, you take two steps down and there's a living room. You have to take two steps up to go to the kitchen, two steps up to go to the hallway. And there's just standing water and it's been there for three weeks. This is a 71-year-old lady's home. Check this out. Still water. Oh man. Still have water on the ground. It's deep. It's deep. Mold all the way up to the ceiling. That's water. That is water still standing there. Oops. When we would go into these homes, the interesting thing was is that this home, again, was in an amazing neighborhood beautiful, massive homes that I will never be able to afford. Huge homes. And in, in these neighborhoods, and you guys know what I'm talking about, you see piles of trash and junk on every, in front of every single house. But then there's a few 
that had no piles of trash. And those were the ones that we like to go in for multiple reasons. Was there still somebody living in there? And the truth was, there were some still living in there in homes like this with mold and water. And they were still living in that disgusting home. You'd walk in and that's what it was. They didn't have any help or they have given up on life or they were done. When we would walk in these homes, especially a home like this, this was I think last week, when we walked into these homes, you have to have that mask on because if you breathe in that mold that is over our head and into the ceiling, you will get very sick. Not today, not tomorrow, but months from now. And I'm praying now for everybody that was cleaning these homes and doing this stuff, including myself, that months from now that we're okay, that's real. That's how mold works, it's very dangerous. And especially in a home like that where there was still standing water and I dropped that, whatever it was, in there to see if, the, if that was really water. The smell is disgusting. Unlike anything you've ever, and, and a lot of you, that is your home right now. The truth is, so many of us right now look like these homes. We look amazing and great on the outside. And we've got people all around us who have said, you know what, I need to move on. I need to get rid of this stuff in my life. But you look like, you know what, I'm okay. I'm, everything's fine. On the outside, I look good. But the inside of you right now, listen to this, the inside of you right now is disgusting. And the only person that knows that is you and God. And so what does the inside of your heart look like? You can come to church and fake it all day long. You can go to school and fake it all day long, but you know the deepest, darkest parts of your heart. And my prayer is right now is that you will go there and you will look at how do you look on the inside. Because the truth is, a lot of us are too worried about looking good on the outside when the inside of you is dying and eventually, check this out, it is truly going to kill you. You are hiding some big, deep, dark sin that really stinks and smells horrible and you don't wanna take it out and lay it on the curb for everybody to see because you're ashamed of how dark and dirty it is. And tonight, I want you to know that I want you to take that junk out of your life and I want you to lay it on the curb, if you will. And I want you to be okay with people driving by and seeing that out on the curb. First John 1 says this. First John 1, says, and, and but, but before we read First John 1, check this out. I walked in a few homes I have another video on my Facebook page where I walked in a home with the homeowner for the first time her seeing her house. And she was devastated. She was devastated. There's another home that I got to go look at and it was a home of somebody who was a hoarder, somebody who keeps everything. And this sweet lady in a beautiful place had to be talked to multiple times about the team throwing all her stuff away. And she was very upset about it. Very sad about giving these things up. Very, I mean, 
tragically upset. I mean, things were disgusting. Magazines just dripping with disgust. And she was upset and yelling and screaming because they didn't, she didn't want us to throw that stuff away. And the truth is all of that stuff needed to be thrown away or her house was gonna be condemned. When I say your house is condemned, here's what that means. You can no longer live in that house and it needs to be bulldozed. That means that the house is so bad, it is so disgusting, it is so taken over with mold that the house is no longer available to live in and they need to tear it down and build again. 1 John 1 says this, if we claim to be without sin, check this out. 1 John 1 says, if we, if, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here's what that means. We all sin. We all struggle. We all fight every single day to just pursue Christ with everything we have. The problem is, is that sin is just always, I mean, Satan wants to destroy us. He wants our insides to look like those houses, just trashed, moldy, disgusting, smelling bad and nasty. Satan wants that. And we are in a fight daily to keep our insides clean. And he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's like the people who act like their home wasn't flooded when really it's been destroyed and they're not doing anything about it. A few days, last Friday, last Saturday, I was in my garage and my wife, she wants us to get our garage in order. And so we're in there cleaning the garage and we're putting all this stuff up and she's like, everything needs to be like hung up in a spot. I'm like stressed out about this. And so we had to go buy all these washers to put some nails up and, or screws up and all this stuff. And so everything could go up and look really good. And so as we're doing that, we're working, we start hearing <coughs> And my daughter, Copeland, is one. She had just put five washers into her mouth. I go into extreme, y'all have heard all my stories about you know people choking in restaurants and different things. She is choking, she is uh, obviously not breathing. My wife is like, ah! I'm like, ah! Okay, and that's not the moment like, Lord Jesus, take the washers out, no. I, so my hands were disgusting. I cleaned my fingers. Don't know why I, I did that. No joke, that's real, okay? That's real, because they were dirty. And I, and I put my, my hand in her, and now there's people like, Michael, you shouldn't have done that. Okay, great, hero. Well, that's what I did, okay? I put my hand in her mouth, and I pulled out four washers. And she's going. So there's another one in there. So I turn her over and I start doing the Heimlich like you do on babies. That's what you're supposed to do. Trust me, I've, I, I am a psycho when it comes to choking. And I boom, 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 she, okay? And then I put her up again, I look in. She's sweating, she's one. She's sweating, she's slobbering, she's going. And I'm like, oh, she's, she's gonna die right here. I'm not kidding, this is what I was thinking. Parents, you're with me on this. I said, Erica, call 911. And then she starts to breathe a little more. And she's sweating and she's crying, which that's a good sign. And I said, Erica, take her to the ER right now. And my other two kiddos are out there and they're, they're, they're like, what is happening? And Erica gets her in the car. She's still kind of breathing. 
kind of crazy, and she takes her to the ER, and then they show us this. There's the washer. That's my daughter still today with a washer inside of her. When I got this picture, I, just, well, I was already paralyzed because I was on my couch. Like, I, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be there. Parents, you're with me on this. But I had to be with the other two kiddos, and that's where I needed to be. And I am freaking out. And the doctor says, you know what? It's normal. I'm like, that's not normal. But apparently it's normal. I've heard all these stories. Well, my kid, you know, ate a chicken. Awesome. What? My kid ate this. My kid ate this. You know, all these stories. Because I'm like, cool. My kid ate a washer. The washer is still in her right now, today. They're not here. We have to monitor her and we got to watch her because we're waiting for her to get rid of the washer. If the washer does not get rid of by Friday, we got to go back to the doctor and then it's plan B, which I don't like what that plan's going to be. But here's, here's how we, and, and by the way, so the doctor's like, hey, you're going to have to check her poop every single time to see if the washer is in there. So, for the past 14 poops, we have checked for the washer. Here's the deal. That's not fun to do that, okay? Like, that's your daughter. It's still disgusting. Like, uh, like you know, you're feeling, check this out. I need you to catch this. We got to find out if the washer has come out, and that's disgusting. Because when things are inside of us that can potentially harm us and hurt us, when it comes out, it is disgusting. And you know what? It might even hurt when it comes out. Because when things are inside of us that should not be inside of us, it can seriously hurt you. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, notice the word if, we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us, clean us, wash us clean from all unrighteousness. Students, adults, people watching this online right now, my prayer is this, is that you don't just come in here and you don't just hear a message and you don't just leave with one thing. Is that truly, seriously, is that you look at your life right now, every single one of us, is we look at our lives right now and we go to each corner of our soul and in our heart and we say, you know what, this part of my life, this part of my house needs to be just, just tore out and needs to be put out in front of everybody and I need to live free. Because here's the thing, living free is what Jesus wants for you and it says that he will wash you clean. He will do that, but you have to let him. And tonight, you need to let him. And you know what? It might hurt, and you might have to go tell your parents, hey, mom, dad, I just want you to know this has been going on in my life, and I need to tell you this. Can you please help me? Students, I want to encourage you to do that. 
go tonight and tell your parents the struggle that you've been dealing with because I promise you they want to know. Or maybe you're watching this and, and maybe you need to tell your spouse, you know what, I've been dealing with this and I need you to pray for me. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you right now, none of us are perfect and all of us have things in our lives that we need to put out on the curb. And you know what, you might be embarrassed by it. But I promise you, there's gonna be a day, whenever you do that, it's not gonna stay out in front of your house for a long time. Like all these people think like, man, I just wish this would go away. This is so gross. Well, the cool thing is, is that some people, their yards are getting cleaned up. Those machines are coming through and taking that stuff and they're taking it away. Well, Jesus, as soon as you say, hey, I'm done with this, he takes it away immediately and it's gone. And you don't have to worry about it ever again. And you can walk in freedom. I challenge all of you to do that tonight. Only you and God know what that is in your life. Walk in freedom. I don't want you a year from now to you to be sick and disgusting and tired and almost dead because you allowed that thing to stay inside of you. Get rid of it now. With no one looking around.